Hello, PodFan. Welcome to another episode of The Tea with Laura and Rachel. Today, we have a very special returning guest. She is a registered dietitian, a public health writer, and a powerful, sexy woman, Camille Martin. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Camille. What are you drinking Oh, my today? God. Thank you for that intro. Uh, that makes me feel so good. And I'm so excited to be back here with you guys. We're so happy to have you back. We definitely emailed you pretty much right after we released the last one. And we were like, we need to get this on the books again because so much we can talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, our last topic of um, our last conversation talking about dieting and why it doesn't work and weight loss, it, it is perfectly set up to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So I love that. Exactly. This is just like a part two you know, we broke down some of the body image that society sets out there for us. And now we're going one step further because we're going to yes. talk about SEX today. Oh, love <laughs> it. Titillating. <laughs> topic. All right. But before we start, what uh, drink do you have with you today? I'm drinking my ubiquitous Hint water. It's a lightly flavored water. It's my favorite. So that's what I've got. Excellent. And what do you have, Laura? Uh, well, we have lemon ginger ale today, and Rachel actually made the pot of tea because yes. this is the first time we're going to be recording together. <laughs> it is. We are sharing a microphone, so we're really hoping that it comes out nicely. <laughs> yeah, this is a test, so... Hopefully we pass. Hopefully we pass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds good to me. I can Excellent. hear you just fine. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so let's jump into it with our first question which is a biggie, and it is a bit of an extension from our last topic. And, you know, we kind of touched on this at the end of last episode we did with you, I think. But why are we as women programmed to feel ashamed of our sexuality? Well, um, first of all, it's I believe that it starts with religion from way, way, way back mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and not to bash anything about religion or faith or anything like that. But I need to do more research on this, but I have heard and read many times that the slut shaming and the, you know, virgin, good girl, bad girl dynamic was created long, long time ago for as a way to scare girls into not getting pregnant. So I think that's where it starts. But of course we have you know, it's, it's come down the line and now we have made it an art form to shame women for their sexuality and the media images that we come into contact with it, on a daily, hourly basis, of course, just magnify that and make it so much worse. But the thing about sexuality, it's a really complicated, um, it's not a topic, it's a complicated concept because I feel like what we've done is that we've made sexuality all about sex and just the physical aspect of sexuality, but it's so much more than that. So sexuality is your power and not power over anyone, but it is your personal expression of connection because that's the most powerful way to actually connect with another human being is through your sexuality and having a sexual experience. But the problem is, is that because women have been taught to see their sexuality only through the physical is that we miss out on this whole emotional, spiritual aspect of it. So that when you do have a really a transcendent sexual experience with another human being, you know when it's happening because it's not just physical and mechanical. It's about connecting deeply with another person. And that's still what I'm talking about now does um, encompass the physical aspect, obviously, because we're talking about the sexual experience itself. But back to my point of sexuality for anyone, but especially for women, it's a means of um, expressing your power. It's your confidence. It's your personal magnetism. And it's a way of just carrying yourself in the world. But the problem is, is that now we see the word, quote unquote, sexuality as having only to do with the physical. So there's a huge disconnect for women. And worse, I mean, I'm just going off on a tangent now. I'm sure you have more, way more questions to get more specifically into this. But because we see sexuality as only physical, it is a double whammy for women because we're so focused on perfecting our bodies that it's almost like we can't even connect in a physical sexual experience because all we're doing is staring at ourselves and shaming our bodies and focused on what we look like instead of the connection with the other person. 
That uh, hit some chords. Yes, for sure. (laughs) It did. And um, this kind of leads right into our next question because as a society, young girls and women are pressured to be sexy and sexual because in that, you know, high school university scene, being a virgin isn't quote unquote cool. Like the cool kids are all having sex. That's kind of what we're made to believe in movies and in the media. However, society will also punish the woman Mm -hmm. as giving it away for free or being too easy or Mm -hmm. a slut, which it's not a term I like to use at all. It's a double-edged sword, right? Because, you know, they're just like, well, you told us to be like this, Mm -hmm. but now I'm being, you know, hands are being slapped because I did exactly what you said. And now I'm the bad girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for these women who are feeling this pressure, because I feel like so many listeners out there, you know, they're going through the struggle or they went through the struggle. What would you say to those young women? Like, like your daughters, you know, what would you say if they were feeling the pressure? Well, yeah. And I do have two teenage daughters, 14, one is 12, almost 13. And we talk about this a lot, actually, but Mm -hmm. this whole concept of good girl, bad girl, like I said, does not exist. We're buying into it because we've been brainwashed to believe that it is true. So first is what's really happening in that dynamic is that, again, we're seeing our sexuality through the lens of someone else. Like it's what we are giving to someone else or withholding from someone else. And it's almost like we're missing from the equation. And there's nothing to give away. Like virginity, this whole concept of virginity is such bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even exist unless you are buying into it. But yeah, we are trained by culture to, it's like a very fine line. And if you cross it, you're fucked. Sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly bring, right. To bring the word into the to the uh, conversation that we're having, but really, your little girls are trained to look sexy, to act mm-hmm. sexy, to to get a man. You know, it's you're you're doing all of these things to get the attention of someone else, not because you feel this way. And that just creates mm-hmm. more body shame. But then if you take it too far, like you dress a little too sexy or what some people might perceive as inappropriate. And then that invites the whole conversation of, well, she asked for it. You know, she got raped. Well, she shouldn't have been dressing like that. Why was she out late mm-hmm. at night? But then, um, yeah, if you take it too far, you're slut shamed. And, and all of these things that we're buying into are all bullshit. They don't even exist. Mm-hmm. And they exist only in a, in a culture that is patriarchal in nature. It's because these concepts benefit men. I love Mm -hmm. men. I I'm not bashing anyone. They're just as much um, victims of this whole concept and cultural brainwashing as we are. But for women to be trained to look sexy, act sexy, It's not about them. It's about what other people are perceiving and how it gives them pleasure and not the women, not the girls. And then the Mm -hmm. tragedy of all tragedies is when a young girl does what society tells her to. She looks in the magazines and she sees, oh, you know, I'm supposed to have my boobs are supposed to be this. And it's not even just like my boobs are supposed to be big and I'm supposed to be cellulite free. There are like very, very specific (laughs) things that we are supposed to measure up to that are just virtually impossible. But even if you do manage to do all of that, and then you have more than one sexual partner or two or three or whatever, all of a sudden, here's another way now to keep her down and shame Mm -hmm. her. And the problem with slut shaming is that once you have done that to a young girl, she feels like she just got flushed down the toilet and there's no coming back. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone calls you a slut, that's it. You're branded. And we're just, we're buying into all of this and we need to put a stop to it, you know, and dieting and the whole dieting culture is feeding all into this because we're so focused on our bodies and how they are viewed by men, you know? Yeah. And I kind of want to touch on that really quickly. So uh, we listened to a great podcast, Drama Queens. Uh, It's by the female cast members of One Tree Hill, which is, as our listeners know, Rachel and I love that show. (laughs) Sophia Bush. Is that Sophia Bush? Yeah, that's Sophia Bush. She is the most amazing activist out there. They all are. Hillary Burton and- um, 
Bethany Joy Lenz. Like they're just amazing women, and I love because that show. There are some situations that are very questionable, yeah. And I love now hearing their adult view from it because they're bringing up these situations, and they're just like, "This was literally the uh, the producer and the writers like male fantasy." Like you can mm-hmm. tell which episodes. Like this was a male fantasy because this is very high level stuff that's impossible for a child to process yeah characters are going through right? when they're supposed it, to be like 16 years they're supposed old to be 16 years old and they're dealing with like pregnancy or like uh date rape drugs and all that kind of stuff and being very sexualized and the actors themselves they were just like we felt extremely uncomfortable but yeah we were so young and inexperienced that we felt that we didn't have the voice for it we so, didn't have the voice. It's That's part yeah. of it. We didn't have a voice. Yeah, it was just like, well, we could replace you. No problem, right? Like you don't want to do the uh, the back of the car seat scene when with no top on. Like that's yeah. fine. We'll just get another actress to do it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's so awful. hard for these young women because they feel like they can't say no. Right, right. Yeah. And it's so interesting too because you touched a bit on it um, as you were talking there about how, you know, men are – kind of fall victim to this Mm -hmm. as well in a different way. And, you know, we're talking about young women here. So I noticed this a lot in college because I was in a sorority and I don't, I know that's more of a thing in the States, so you probably know a bit more about it. But um, at the basis, they were Christian organizations when they started. And it was so funny because the rules that we, as the female version of these organizations, sex was shameful. You couldn't have boys in the sorority house. You couldn't party with the frat boys. Like you could get shut down if they found out about that. But on the other side, you know, the fraternities, they were praised for like, how many sorority girls could you sleep with this year? Or like, you guys should be planning parties every weekend. Like there's problems where like, they're like consciously inviting underage girls there's an expectation that the fraternities would party with the sororities in school, but it's like, all right, but who are they supposed to be partying with when right. we are accosted for partying with them? Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense where they're like, young men should be having as much sex as possible. But it's oh. like, but we're not allowed to be doing that. So who well, yeah, like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, and like little boys are taught you should be, you know, quote unquote masculine and masculinity in our culture is taught as, yes, how many women can you sleep with and how tough can you be and how overly confident can you be? So it starts little, little boys are influenced by this. And then they're also taught that if you, the girls that are sleeping with you and, um, you know, first night or she sleeps Mm -hmm. with another person and has multiple partners. Those girls are bad and sluts, but seek them out first because then you'll get laid, but don't marry somebody like that. I mean, it is just, (laughs) it's absolutely insane. And it just, it makes me so angry because I grew up the same way as what you're saying is in a Mm -hmm. sorority. And then of course, everyone's getting drunk and it's like, You know, not everybody. I was, and it's like you know, you get <laughs> so was I. I understand. <laughs> pass out, then you know that's now we didn't have it back in the eighties, but now you know the date rape drugs, and then somebody's yeah. going to film you, and then there's going to be a gangbang, and they're going to put it on social media, and it's just it is enraging. But to me, the most important thing about embracing your own sexuality is that. And we've sort of touched on it, but it's like your voice, like it's part of expressing yourself so that when you focus Mm -hmm. only on your sexuality in a physical sense, and you're doing that to attract a man, what you're Mm going to do is you're going to do the traditionally sexy thing, which is like, you know, stand in a abnormally, you know, constricted pose so that your body looks perfect. You're going to be demure and sweet and not stick up for yourself and not say no and go along. And, and all of that is disconnecting you from your power, which is your Mm -hmm. sexuality. So if you are embracing your sexuality, it's not just your body. It's also your voice. It's also 
when you when your sexuality is not just physical and it's emotional and mental and spiritual you carry yourself differently through life your you know your chest is like opened up and you and you can speak louder and speak more clearly you walk into the room and you meet people face to face with you know make eye contact and that is what really draws people to you, despite what you look like. And then that's how you end up with a partner who is like, God, I love this girl. She's like <laughs> full of confidence. She loves herself. And then that's how you end up in a connecting physically sexual experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that this part of the conversation is a great lead into our next question. Why is there a tendency for us as women to say that, you know, they wish they had waited longer mm -hmm. when they think back on their first time. Cause like, I know I would probably say that in a sense, like my first time was kind of stolen from me. So I can't look at it the same way that some people can, but I would love to know what you have to say about this. Yeah. Well, I had the same experience. I was in a physically abusive relationship where I was physically assaulted by a boyfriend repeatedly. And every time after we had that experience or I was um, assaulted, then he would take me somewhere to have sex with me. So that's extreme. So I learned very early on that sex was not pleasurable, that it was very disconnecting and thinking to myself, please hurry up, let this be over. So that was very um, crazy. And most people don't have that experience. Mm -hmm. But I do think people wish, women wish that they had waited longer because we're not connected to our sexual experiences because of the shame we feel about our bodies. And mm -hmm. once you get older and you start to really truthfully get angry about all of this shit and say, you know, this is crap, this is BS, I don't buy into this anymore, then you feel your confidence and your power. And then you have a sexual experience that is like transcendent because- mm -hmm you're coming at the experience with someone who is meeting you right where you are and it's mutually connecting emotionally and spiritually then physically. And when that happens, it's like, holy shit, I didn't know it was supposed mm -hmm. to be like this. Like this is what everyone talks about and I never had this. So then you say, I wish I'd waited because mm -hmm. a lot of the sexual experiences that girls have, I know this is true for me, were completely disconnecting. It was me not being a full participant, me basically laying there waiting for mm -hmm. it to be over or even, you know, worse, like pretending that you're enjoying it and yeah. then not enjoying <laughs> it. And so when you look back on that, like I think about my daughters who are just coming into their own sexuality and I can see it and it's so beautiful and so sweet and like innocent. I shouldn't have said that. That's like Part of that whole BS paradigm, but um, they are, they're so beautiful and I can see them growing and changing. And what I want for them so much is to have that deeply connecting experience right off the bat, but I don't, that's not going to happen because they're not going to mm -hmm. be fully confident yet. So I think that's what people mean is that I didn't have the confidence and the self feeling. I didn't love myself. Like yeah. I do. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And I think tying into that as well is um, especially with the sexual education that at least we in Canada receive, and I'm sure it's a, the same problem in U.S. schools, but, yeah. you know, they don't really teach you about female pleasure in sexual education <laughs> at schools, yeah. at least not what we were going through. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, I remember my first sex ed class was just like, all right, here's a banana. The condom goes on the banana. When sex is ending, it's the man ejaculates. That's it. And you're like, yeah. there was no, okay. Like, you're supposed to orgasm as well. Yes. Nothing like that. <laughs> they didn't even talk about like how a woman should know when she's even physically ready because there are signals you need to look for. But it's just so interesting because I think part of the problem is that when we're little kids, basically, like I do think, you know, as we're coming into teenage years, we are still children. Yeah. And, but we're yeah. taught that, especially through movies, like young kind of like teen oriented movies, at least when we were growing up, like it's how can I please the man Absolutely. in this instance? It's all about how to, you know, get him to where he needs to go, but nothing about your participation in the matter. It's almost no. you're just an object as opposed to an active, willing participant. So yes. yeah. 
Like you want him to think that you were great, right? Like that's the whole thing. You're like, oh, she was hot. You know, she loved what I did. She seemed like she was having a good time. Like that's kind of expectation. Or like, yeah, she's, she's great in bed. But then again, when a guy says that about you to someone else, that's sort of like a demeaning thing in its own way. Like, yeah, she's hot. She's great in bed. She did, she, you know, got me off. And y'all should, you know, give it a try or whatever. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> You'll have not, a good time. Call this number. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not hard for a guy to enjoy it. Good Lord. I mean, how could you? I mean, it doesn't take that much. It's like, we're all good at it, right? I mean, it's pretty simple. But like, the, you know, yeah, it's not about us. It's no one taught me growing up. Holy crap. I mean, I didn't learn one thing about sex except for at school. And it's just like what you were talking about. Basically, don't get pregnant, you know? That, yes. Yeah, that was yeah. it. I heard this great thing. Um, I believe it was on uh, the Empowered Woman Rises podcast on their most recent episode. And it was that society is more concerned with the male pleasure than the female safety mm-hmm. in terms of pregnancy. You know, we have a lot of yeah. stuff going on right now in the media. And it's it's all about like, well, the men couldn't possibly you know, take a birth control or heaven forbid, God oh, forbid right. a condom just restricts his pleasure. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, the woman might get pregnant. Ugh, whatever. It's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like there's no care for that. It's just thrown out the window. The birth control pill might destroy her up. mental health, but you know, it's fine. Cause he's having a good time. <laughs> oh, it's all about men. And then, you know, we could have a whole other um, <laughs> about porn and like how that's even more creating more disconnection um between women and their bodies it's just heartbreaking because it's such a i finally am in a relationship now at age 52 which sounds like ancient history like oh my god people in their 50s still do it well yes they do and it is (laughs) finally now i know the best we've ever had right (laughs) it is i mean it's like because now i'm now i'm pissed and like so my boyfriend (laughs) is like i love you like you're so awesome but yeah like you know until you get to be if you happen to find a partner that is like that except for little boys are still being brainwashed too they're watching porn Mm -hmm. now which is just oh my god like that's what they're expecting their girlfriends to do and How do you compete with that? It's just, it's not, it's all fake. If we actually had more, or I guess less psychotic, ultra conservative, puritanical views about sex in our culture, porn would not exist. Teen Mm -hmm. pregnancy would not exist. If we taught little girls and boys how to have safe sex and that it's the most wonderful, deeply connecting personal experience you could ever have. I mean, you can create a whole person through that. All of this stuff would seem so far and like, that's not even enjoyable. Like, why would I do that when I've got this with my Mm -hmm. beautiful woman, my girlfriend who is, you know, I don't know. It's just, and then we've got, you know, teen pregnancy and then we've got Roe versus Wade and people are trying to turn it over and you can't get an abortion. And it's like, People, if we took the religion out of it, everything would be fine. We would resolve like all of these problems overnight. Mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. Mic drop, actually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question that we have for you. And I think that we can apply this to any situation, whether it's like a young woman and it's your first time ever, or you're finding a new partner, or maybe like because we're allowed to do that, maybe you meet somebody when you're out one night and you feel like you want to have a good time, which is totally fine. We can all go do that. How can a woman know that she is physically and emotionally ready for sex? Wow. That is a a big question. (laughs) How do you know? Well, I mean, all I can really say is how you know. It's tough because you don't know what you don't know until you actually know it. So it's like, you think you know, but then you look, you know, I look back years before and I'm like, I mean, it's just makes me so sad. But like, I would say the best way to know is how do you feel in your own body? 
If mm-hmm. you're yeah. like you said at a bar and you see a cute guy and you're having a great conversation and you think, yeah, maybe I'd like to hook up with him. Hey, awesome. You know, protect mm-hmm. yourself from an STD and that or pregnancy, whatever. And that's great. But like if you're at the bar and you're feeling insecure and like you're just trying to validate yourself or you're trying to you know, look hot to pick up a guy. I don't know. It's like if you feel comfortable in your skin and that's, Mm -hmm. that's a tall order for women. But if you're feeling you inhabit your body, you inhabit your space, you feel totally, totally relaxed and confident. And that's, I mean, as close as you can get to that, I would say, then you're ready. But if you're out there just to give yourself some validation or, you know, you feel weak and insecure and you feel sad or you don't feel comfortable in your body, then you're probably not. But it's, you know, it's not black or white. Everyone feels Mm -hmm. all of these things sometimes. But in terms of having your very first sexual encounter, I tell my daughters all the time, like, I talk to them about like, here's what sex is. Here's what it's supposed to be like, like in the ultimate experience. Porn is not that. I mean, I don't tell them, I don't hide from these topics and pretend like Mm -hmm. it's not happening. I talk to them and I say, here's why you should not watch porn. Not because, ooh, it's porn, don't watch it, but it's like, it's disconnecting. That's not what sex is supposed to be like. But at the same time, I tell them, I tell them how to protect themselves if they're going to, but that when they feel like they are dating someone and that they are having all these feelings, these sexual feelings, and he wants, you know, it's hard. They're in the heat of the moment. I say, before you get to that stage, you need to come and talk to me and let me explain some things to you that you may not be aware of, but it's just a conversation. So if you're talking about a woman in her thirties, how do you know you're ready? You just have to ask yourself the questions like, how do I feel about me? If you're talking about a teenage girl, that's a different story because because um, they don't know, just like you said, you know, it's, they don't know. They don't know what they, they don't no know. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, I, like, I kind of touch on my first time here. So I was about like 20 or 21, which is in society kind of considered old. Late. To be yeah. Having your first time. But for me, a lot of it was like, I kind of held back because I didn't feel confident in my body because it was all yeah. like that, that not, not so much shame. I don't got to choose my words carefully here. It was like, you know, I want to know how I compare to oh, yeah. that, that perfect woman. You know, do I make the cut? Is a man going to see me naked and be like, oh my God, you're so weird. Um, so yeah. that was kind of a fear. And yeah. then it did take until I was like 20, 21 years old to be like, you know what? No, like I feel very confident in my body. That's amazing. Um, now with my first time, this was not someone who I loved or mm-hmm. had a deep emotional connection, but I felt like I'm like, you know what? No. Um, I feel safe in this situation. I feel like that is a huge factor. Yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't feel like I was going to be taken advantage of. You know, we were two uh, consenting adults. Right. And like, I I don't have any regrets, thank God, about that time. That's great. I, because I was able to, you know, wait and wait and wait. But I was so almost embarrassed for waiting because <laughs> I was like probably the one person out of my friend group who hadn't had sex yet. But like, it's so hard because it's 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 one thing or the other, right? Like you regret doing it early or you regret doing it late. So right. am I am I too much of a virgin? Is it bad that I've yeah. slept with more than one person? Do I look fat? Do I have cellulite? Are my boobs big enough? Am I doing it the way he wants me to do it? How can you enjoy anything when all of these things are like you know? It's like we're performing, you know. Oh, mm-hmm. and it but totally that's wonderful I, that you had a good experience first. Yeah, and it totally you know it was not like this mind-blowing experience. Toe-curling experience. Yeah, like first time. <laughs> Absolutely not. But at least from that emotional standpoint, I didn't leave the situation regretting mm-hmm. anything. That's wonderful. So I, yeah. I was kind of, I feel very grateful because I know I'm almost like an anomaly to, yeah, to have. Yeah, that, that's a very of, unique experience. Yeah, so like it's it's just so so hard for a woman to know that she is ready. So I guess my advice would be for me, it was all about feeling confident in myself and knowing like, okay, I have this power within me, but still there was all that, that pressure Mm -hmm. of, you know, this is, this is what's expected of me. And, right. And, and there were situations where like I could have had sex earlier, but I was just like, you know, I, I don't, 
feel safe in this situation. So I was like, okay, we're going to stop here. Like this. Well, the fact that you chose and that you, yeah, that means that you are ready because you're weighing options. You're, you're making it about you as it should be, you know, like, what do I want out of this? So yeah, exactly. So to women like girls, like be selfish in this situation. I feel like a man, a man is very selfish when it comes to sex. Oh hell yes, they are. Yeah, so like, you know what, women, turn it's it around on them. them. Make it all about you because this is your experience yeah. and be yes. selfish in it. Like if, if that doesn't situation feel right, even if you are already proceeding down that road, there is nothing stopping you from saying, nope, this is this is it. Because yeah. I, I had I did that many times where I was just like, okay, am I ready? Am I ready? Nope, nope. Okay, nope, we're, we're stopping here. This is, this is, your pants aren't coming off, <laughs> you know? Yes, <laughs> And there's stuff, and you know what? Most of the men respected me. Mm-hmm. for that like right. no one said like get the fuck out of my bed um, right if you're not going to put out and it's <laughs> like know? I think what you're saying too is really important it's not just about like we always say you know no means no and we tell girls like you can go as far as you want and then say no and you can but like what you're saying even is even if you weren't in a scenario where you felt um threatened or like he was trying to push you into having sex you can get all the way to the point where you're completely with no clothes on and then it's yeah. like this guy yeah. doesn't know what he's doing and I'm not down for this and I'm just not into it. So, you know what? I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to go. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Like what, Yeah. you know, okay. I know there's a lot of situations, but like, oh, he's not going to call you in. Probably a good thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> like don't, don't take that on personally. If he doesn't call you because you didn't put out on the first date or third date or fifth date, doesn't matter what date it is. Right. Doesn't matter if you've known him forever or just met him. Yeah, it's usually um, a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad sign. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like women just need to be selfish in this situation and have no shame. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, my kind of perspective on this, and I might take it a bit more dark, a bit more sad, but I think that this is an important thing that needs to be said, especially for you know young college age women. Uh, so this was my first boyfriend, and I was nine, nineteen. Yeah, I was 19, 19 when 19, I met 20, him. Yeah. And, you know, every everything we ever did, it was consensual. But um, I remember the first time or the first few times, it was always a – I felt like I had to do it because I was either being kind of badgered because he would be like, well, my friend keeps saying, oh, why haven't you guys done it yet? That's so silly. And other times it was just kind of like um, – you know, I felt like in order to fulfill my role – as his girlfriend especially you know he was a tiny bit older than me I had to do it yeah and like it was it was fine but you know what I'm trying to say here is like if you feel like you're only doing it because it's to keep your boyfriend around Mm -hmm. or he's not going to stick with you if you don't do it you should probably end that relationship because I didn't and it wasn't a good place to be like it wasn't bad like he was never abusive or anything but like there was a lot of very all or nothing behavior like if I wanted to just you know kiss for Mm -hmm. a night or something I'd be like I just want to do that and he's like well I can't do that yeah you got me already going yeah like it's it's like like, I'm already I'm already going and it's hard for me to like not do that and it's just kind of like okay but that's not really a fair thing to put on me so I think what where like versus when I met my current partner like I was very assured you know if anything like I was probably more certain than he was where I was just kind of like all right let's get going and he was just like maybe let's like wait a few more weeks and I was just like wait what you're telling me to you're telling me to wait (laughs) this is a first um but I think that's just um it's just the difference between you know feeling like you have to play out a role mm-hmm. for someone's mm-hmm. happiness versus yeah. being like, you know, I I want to be here just as badly as you do. And that's something that I wish I knew when I was 19. So yeah. Yeah. That's well, I totally relate to that story. Um, both of y'all's stories, but like when your boyfriend was saying, I can't do that. And then my, my friends are saying, this is, well, first of all, why are you talking about it to your friends? But second of all, what that was the pressure of that, it was all about him and what he wanted and you didn't matter what you wanted, Mm -hmm. what you thought didn't matter. And yeah. And boys are also trained that once they get started, they can't stop. That's absolutely 
not true. There's all yeah, these calling, like calling bullshit because uh, most guys have a left and a right hand. Like you're fine. You can finish. Yourself. You'll be okay. <laughs> you know, like come on. Yeah. You don't need home. Come home and and take care of your business. I'll be here watching TV and having a lot more fun than yeah. Yeah. End it. But it's just a it's psychological pressure. It's physical pressure emotional, like, you know, you, he was trying to shame you into doing it. That was a psychological and mental mind fuck. And it's like, there's so many things about it. I just want women to know that like your sexuality is not just about sex. Your sexuality is your personal power, your means of expressing yourself in the world. And the sooner you can own it, the better off that you'll be. The problem is it's the chicken or the egg. It's like you're taught to feel so ashamed of your body by the media that it's almost like, how can you have a good sexual relationship when you're staring at yourself? But then it's like, you want to have a good sexual relationship and feel good about your body, but you know, you can't have one because you're embarrassed of what you look like. So it's just a, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's just a cycle that you've got to break out of and it's hard to do it. So, you know, as a, as a woman who's now 30 and I've had a few partners, um, I think we need to kind of also address that stereotype where like when you find the right person, sex is just like perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's not going to be the first time or maybe your second time. Um, I think we need to address that when you have that that relationship and you feel really safe and feel like you can connect with someone on a deep level, it's a building process, right? To understand each other's bodies and, and wants and needs. And like you build up to mm-hmm. this like beautiful connection, mm-hmm. right? So, and even sometimes once that connection has been beautifully built, you'll have a time where you're like, oh, that was all right. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> not, it's not going to be fantastic like every time, but every time you should feel safe and just protected, right? Mm-hmm. Like no matter what sexual situationship, situationship, <laughs> situation that you are in. <laughs> Maybe it is a situation ship. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Could be. Yeah, it doesn't have to be mind-blowing every single time. But I think the the thing is, is that it's no matter what happens with my boyfriend and me sexually, um, sometimes it is like this transcendent experience. But sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just like, or even the other night, I was like, I'm just so tired. And he's like, honey, that's fine. Like, it's not just about mm-hmm. me. It's about you. Like, he's just so respectful and he treats me like a queen and not in the sense of like, you know, it's all about me, but it's like, I feel the same way about him. Like he has really changed my life. He feels the same way about me. And so sex can be all different kinds of experiences. Like it could be a quickie. It could be like just completely raunchy and whatever, or it can just be sweet and intimate and loving, or it could be all of it all at the same time. And it's like, (laughs) we're only taught as women that there's just one experience and that is a guy gets on, he gets off and he rolls off and that's acceptable. Yeah, and it's just not, it's not acceptable. Yeah. 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 There's, there's just so much to it and yeah, it's all about building that connection. So let's, let's kind of move on a little bit more to those, those connections. What steps would you have for someone who is struggling to connect sexually with a new partner? You know, they're, they're in that relationship where they feel safe and they feel respected but as we were just kind of saying, you know, sex can be, you can fumble sometimes, right? Like it's not always this magical connecting experience. <laughs> I guess there's two parts to that. Is it you're not feeling it because truly y'all are physically incompatible and that does happen. Like, you know, if you're really into a guy and then you kiss him for the first time and you're like, oh, no, this is not. <laughs> no spark. This isn't yeah, can confirm. no spark. <laughs> can then, confirm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if there is a spark and then you're in the relationship and you're having a sexual, physical re- relationship, but it's not um, it's not going the way you want it to go. I mean, that's when you can communicate about it and talk about it. And, you know, it might be a deal breaker, you know, like mm-hmm. certain people are into certain things. And I'm not talking about tying people up and that kind of crap, but it's like certain people you know, want, uh, you know, he might want it all the time when he wants it. And that just doesn't work for you or you're not sexually compatible spark wise, or it just dwindles. I don't know. There's just lots of pieces to that. So, um, yeah, if you meant like a brand new relationship, 
I think you just have to decide, you know, if it's because you're not feeling comfortable in your own body, then things can change dramatically if you can just start to build your confidence in that area. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you feel confident and you're with a guy and y'all like each other a lot and then you have sex and it sucks, hey, whatever, let's move on, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) And I feel like there's also nothing wrong because I know, especially when I was kind of at the newer end of my relationship, you know, we would tell each other, like, I really don't like when you do that. Yeah. Or like, I just prefer this. You know, you have to talk about it because I I feel like sometimes sex is portrayed as the silent act, right? Like you're just supposed to know what the other person wants, but like you don't. So Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to use your voice and say like, hey, you're doing that. It's just like, "Mm, doesn't feel that great. Like, but if you did it this way, like, I think I would find it more enjoyable or like, I'm doing this too. Is it okay? Is it, do you like that? You know, it's fine to talk during sex. (laughs) I love that you're saying this because yes, it's so true. You talk about it. And I also think there's an element of women, like we were talking about before that we are not taught how our pleasure factors into anything or even how to experience pleasure on your own. Like, I mean, sorry, but like getting a vibrator is like, it's so important to know. We, we talk about these things like it's so, so disgusting and so, ooh, I can't believe you just said that. But it's like masturbation is a, it is a normal part of being human. There's nothing wrong with that. Like we are shamed out of everything for God's sake. Um, but yeah, <laughs> learn how to pleasure yourself that way you can show a guy who's clueless how to do it. And then yeah. maybe your relationship will improve dramatically, you know? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I have no shame about grabbing a guy's hand and be like, nope, goes here. <laughs> do it this way, not this way. <laughs> yes. Why should we be ashamed of these things? You know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so sick of like, just being in a situation where like, okay, I'm just waiting not really yeah. doing this, not into it. Like, I'm like, no, I want to be into it because I'm here too. So that's right. You know, don't be afraid to to just take a bit of control. Most guys kind of find it hot. Like, if yeah. you kind of yes. talk to it from that point of view, they like, want to know. Like the woman just be a boss. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think this is an important part to say, like, we can't really read yeah. their minds and they can't read mm-hmm. ours. Like, I definitely used to be like this a bit when I was younger, where like, if it wasn't kind of going the way I wanted to, I would be like, if I would be like, yeah. why aren't you doing like in my head, though? I was just like, I don't. Mm, it's not good. Like and I'm just like. Well, obviously not, because you never said, can you keep doing this? You know? Yeah. Well, and even I'm going to, I'm going to turn around on myself here where like, I have had my boyfriend say like, you got to do it this way. Like, and I had to be open to that criticism because like, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was kind of thankful that he did say something because I want him to enjoy himself just as much. I want to enjoy it for myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, it's that double standard. where I think your partner needs to be open to not criticism because it's not like you're trying to criticize them. You just want to be sharing that experience and make sure both parties are having a good time, right? So I feel like we should also take it upon ourselves just being like, hey, do you like when I do it this way? Is there a certain way that Mm -hmm. you want it, right? I think it's important. I think some women are also afraid to like do it the right way, like knowing from a previous experience what does feel good for a man they're afraid to do it like too much because you don't want to look like you're super sexually experienced and then all of a sudden you're a, <laughs> yeah, true. you know and but yeah if you're in a committed relationship with someone and you're learning together and doing all these things together and communicating that is you're so right communication in a sexual relationship is so important so yeah totally mm-hmm. well speaking of like long term committed relationships how can you keep the passion alive in those situations well i think it's just every day you you it's easy to get complacent and like let's face it at the start of a relationship everything is like new and exciting and you can't stop thinking about each other and it does it doesn't dwindle it changes in a wonderful way that you become comfortable with this person you're laughing, having fun, and you're not constantly, you know, having sex all the time. But it's stuff like, you know, thinking of that other person and letting them know, I thought about you today or doing something special for that person, like, you know, 
if you see something when you're out and about shopping, picking something up for him or cooking dinner for each other, you do have to make an effort because it's so easy to just get in your, I mean, good Lord, I work from home. I'm in my jammies. I, you know, it's like, I don't want to go to the store. Let's call DoorDash. You get so in your little world and you can do that with Mm -hmm. your relationship too, if you're not careful. So I just think, and you try different stuff sexually. Why not? You know, but it's just Mm -hmm. lots of little things that you can do. It doesn't just have to be sexual. It can be um, a romantic night. Oh, I just say, I want to just watch a movie tonight. Let's, you know, cook dinner and watch a movie and just sit on the couch and snuggle like that. Touching, I think is a huge part. I mean, I will say, I hope my daughters can't hear this, but when I was married to their dad, we literally did not hold hands for 17 years. We didn't kiss and like make out or anything. And it's so disconnecting. So by the end of our marriage, it was like strangers. Um, Mm -hmm. And now my boyfriend and I, like he holds my hand. Um, and it's, that's physically touching and even in a non-sexual way that keeps you connected. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know like there's kind of the talk of like, everyone has like a love language and I'm not sure like, you know, the whole research behind that, but for me, it's kind of words of affirmation. Like I like to be told like, okay, like, you know, this is how we're doing. And like, let's talk about the future. Like that's, that to me is like more romantic than if you like came up and started making it with me, you know? I love like, that. I love that. I'll too. have tears in my eyes if you just tell me, oh, I just love you. You know, like, like I'm just kind of that kind of person. Anyway, I'm the same yeah, way. I'm in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think as well, I know that this one's kind of like a, oh, well, that's not like super sexy or romantic, but like there is something to be said, like as you've been in a relationship for longer and like you're getting busier and busier as you tend to do in life, just like having a scheduled date night yes, does happen definitely. a lot. Or even just kind of like if it's been a while, just being like, I want to do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And like, Uh it's an agreement between you that you're like, okay, we're going to do that. Because then it's like, you're both making that conscious effort as opposed to just falling into the like, all right, you know, I don't want to say like the the roommate syndrome, but it is kind of that. But yeah, like what you just said, I think that it's making an effort. That's all you do. Even Mm -hmm. if it's a tiny effort, make an effort. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's move on to some fun stuff here. (laughs) Because we've already talked about how, you know, young women are supposed to be sexy. However, as we get to a certain age, and we kind of touched on this in our last episode, older women are told not to be sexy. And I want to know, what do you say to that? Oh, I say, fuck that. That is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) what's First thing, what's funny is I'm 52. And it's like, I remember when I was in my 20s, 52 was like, you might as well have been 82. It's like ancient history. Um, but I have never felt more sexually attractive in my entire life because I'm comfortable in my body and because I have a partner who sees me in all different kinds of ways and celebrates me and women getting older and feeling like we're being thrown out with the trash because we have wrinkles and because we've had babies and our bodies don't look the same. It is just, it, it just devastates me. And um, your sexuality is your creative capacity and your confidence and your vibration that you're putting out in the world. So when women start to believe that we need to just hang it up and like, oh, well, I don't, it's again, it's that whole thing about sexuality being about what we look like. And it's so much more than that. It's um, so when we are believing because of these cultural lies that are you know, our skin is saggy, our boobs are sagging more. I mean, God almighty, like we are even more confident and beautiful as the years go on because we learn so much more about ourselves. But And just to waste all of that beautiful energy from so many women who have so much to offer the world, it's just wrong. And I think it's wrong for women who have been in a marriage, like a 50-year marriage, 25-year marriage, to feel like that they're losing their value. And then you start mm-hmm. acting smaller and more subservient. We need to blast women. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And like sexuality and your voice and speaking out, not dieting, it's all deeply, deeply connected. So I say the every year that goes by, you should like, let's throw away this mindset of I'm losing my value. Let's change it to 
not just I'm not losing value, I'm gaining in value. I'm gaining Mm -hmm. in sexual energy, creative capacity, confidence, true beauty. And by the way, when you are fueling your body with fresh fruits and vegetables, number one, you don't have to worry about dieting, but that is going to come out through your skin, through your eyes. You're going to glow. You're going to feel good. And that is true beauty. You know, like Mm -hmm. you can give me a 20 year old who feels horrible about herself, who's got implants and who's, you know, all of that, who has flawless skin. And then you give me a 56 year old woman who feels amazing about herself, who has some wrinkles, but whatever, and is glowing because she's on fire. That is, that's a, that's beauty right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I love, cause I, I love you're part of this movement. You're spearheading it. And I am <laughs> hearing that more as, uh, older women start speaking out about sex and their sexuality. They're like, this is, this is my golden time. You know, like they're like, we were, yes. We're just, we didn't know what we were doing back in our 20s and 30s, but like at 40, 50, 60, they're like, we own this now. And I think that's hot. Like that is really hot for a woman to just come out. <laughs> well, it's the best thing ever. But what's funny is that like I see young people, 20s and even 30s, and it happens all the time. Like, you know, a 25 year old guy is like, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, how did this happen? Like, I am not ma'am. <laughs> oh my God. If anyone calls me, like I get called ma'am sometimes and I'm Same. like, really? Come oh, on. You could have just. I'm not ma'am. Well, you see yeah. yourself the same, but then other people see you in a different way, but it's just funny. Yeah. But I've yeah, never felt is. better about myself in my life. And every year that goes by y'all, like what you're doing right now, like choosing to create this podcast, to bring messages to women and to the world that's beautiful, you know, and y'all are beautiful for doing it. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, and, and your voice is so important to be heard, but, um, let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into a woman who is feeling old. Like maybe she's in her thirties now and she's had uh, a couple of kids and she really is structure struggling to own her sexuality. Like, what would you say to her? You know, what, what would you want to hear if you were going through this? Well, if I was in my thirties and had babies and that, that is the time where your body does change a lot when you have kids and, um, it it can be such a beautiful thing. If you, if you embrace it, like there's a lot of negative messages around, you know, you're a mom now and you're not sexual anymore or going through menopause. There's a message out there because I'm in menopause. So I, now I'm paying attention to it, but it's like, Ugh, menopause. It's so awful. And, you know, now we're all dried up and like, you know, closed for business. And it's like, what the fuck is this? What is this? This is so stupid. Like, let's just say no. So if I was in my thirties and I was having my children, um, yeah, it's just like, you have to do things that make you feel good in your own body. And that doesn't just mean sexually. Um, and it doesn't mean like jogging on the treadmill to lose weight. It means doing things for yourself. Like it sounds so cliche, but sitting alone, having alone time, lighting a candle and like journaling or just going for a walk with no agenda to lose weight or, you know, count steps. We don't take any time for ourselves. So if you're a young mom in her thirties, you literally have no time for yourself. It feels like you just have to take it and make it for yourself. And when you're taking that time, read books that support this new mindset or journal or, you know, get with some girlfriends. There's power in numbers, like get with your girlfriends. And and instead of sitting around going, this is bullshit that are, you know, that we feel so old. Don't talk about that. Get with your girlfriends and talk about how are some ways that we are going to like bust all of this apart and really, you know, make ourselves collectively feel powerful. So yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. You just have to commit to it, you know? Yeah. And you kind of just led right into <laughs> our question here because we were like, forget about the partner now. Like it's just you and how <laughs> women can be sexy for themselves. And you just kind of nailed it there. And I also want to throw on something that I've been seeing a lot lately is women doing boudoir shots just for yeah. themselves. I kind of want to do that. I would, it looks I wanna, awesome. I want to do that. I was, um, there's this, this girl and like she just specializes in doing boudoir shots just for women. 
Oh, it makes them feel sexy, you know, like, and it's not like they're like not giving it to their lover, their husband, their boyfriend. They're like literally making these little picture books just for themselves. And it's not so much like looking back and being like, oh, look how hot I was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. It's just like, I just felt so confident and I wanted to just keep this piece of me. And there was a story I heard that uh, this lady, she was in her, she's in her eighties and, um, she was in the grocery store and the girl who does the boudoir shots saw her purse and she had a photograph in her wallet of like a really sexy photo of, of herself when she was younger. And she's just like, oh my God, I love that photo. She's like, yep, that's just me. And I just, I feel like that every day. So I keep it in my wallet to remember. <laughs> and I was just like amazing. Like at 80 years old, she had all these hot photos of herself. Like I, I want that for amazing. myself. There's also a class. It's, I don't remember the name of it, but it's like where you can learn to pole dance. Oh, I've done that. I did that. It's so much fun. It was for a bachelorette party. Awesome idea for a bachelorette party. And we all learned a routine and, you know, we're in our heels and we're all wearing like leggings and little tank tops and we learned a oh whole my routine that we could dance together so uh, I just love this whole thing where like people are coming up with like let's just be sexy for ourselves you know that's so right absolutely if you feel comfortable in your body it's about doing those little things like just exactly yeah pole dancing reminding yourself that you're beautiful with a photograph or the boudoir shots or hey again I mean, get your vibrator, get one. If you don't have one, you need to get one so that you can know and like, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be, it's nothing shameful. And like, yeah. Rachel's blushing. I mean, we have recently (laughs) discovered that there are some high quality ones on the Sephora website. If anyone is interested, I don't know how we wound up on that website, but we were, I was just like, I was on Sephora one day and I was just like, oh, going through and I was on like the tools and it was like, oh, like vibrators and tools. And I was just like, oh, is that like something for your face? Because like those things exist. And I was like, I was on the phone with you at the time and I was just like, oh, no, this is just vibrator. <laughs> Good job, Sephora. Good job, Sephora. The worst part about it is that we're ashamed of it, which is crap. Yeah. But the best part about it is that it teaches you to relax and know how to mm-hmm. enjoy it. So that if you are having trouble in a sexual relationship, knowing how to pleasure yourself obviously helps, you know, you show the guy what to do, but it's like you also have a new comfort in your body and it's embracing your own sexuality that that's the missing link is that we don't embrace it. We're ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. And, and hey, you know what? As you get more confident, like both of you can have fun with that. Like, yes, you, you can. A man hey. can learn how to use that on you. So, oh, yeah. Like, trust me. My boyfriend knows how to use it and God love yeah. him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, just, it's a new tool in the bag of tricks, right? Yeah. yeah. That's always an interesting discussion, though. Because at first they're like, what? And then you're like, no, 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 trust me. Okay. Oh, man, this is going to be TMI. My boyfriend bought me one. Oh, I love that for you. Yes, he is a good man. So did mine, actually. I love yeah. it. We, we went to these we progressive went to men. Yes. Yes. My yeah. boyfriend bought the ones we have. And yeah, and he buys different ones. He's like, do you like this one better? I'm like, I like all of it. This is great. It's all good. Man. It's all good. Not picky, right? Yeah. Like, no, I... I love it. I love a good forward-thinking man who cares about your pleasure. <laughs> he cares about you. That's right. Yeah. I had a I had a college roommate in my last year of school, and I had like just gotten out of a, my a relationship at that time, and like I had never owned one, and I had a lot of hangups around it, whatever. And one day we're in like the mall in my school town, and she just starts walking a certain direction, and I'm like, "Where are you going?" And she's like, come with me. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> and she takes me into like Spencer's, which is this weird, you know what Spencer's yeah. is. But it's this weird like, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna- she dragged me in there and she's like standing there. She's like, all right, you're going to try this one. And I was just like, this is weird. But I appreciate that you care about me as a friend. <laughs> I was in a sexually barren relationship for 17 years and I didn't know mm-hmm. anything and I am so glad that that's over. But yeah, and so speaking of Spencer's, like you, that is not your only option anymore. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. but like there are wonderful websites for women. There, it's like um, 
classy. Like it's not just classy. It's like, it's not slutty classy. It's just, this is what it is in here. And there's great websites where you can go buy something and they explain it and there's no shame. Yeah. No, no, there isn't. And honestly, you know, we were talking about, um, how crazy our lives can be and stress and orgasms are like the best stress reliever, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's scientifically shown (laughs) to lower your cortisol levels. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all need a little bit more sex in our life and yes. it's just with ourselves. It does. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that store that we saw in the mall in Australia that was like half BDSM, half vibrators. And we were just, I don't remember what it was called, but we were like walking through and our faces were just like hot, <laughs> yeah. like bright red. Yeah, I do remember that store. Yeah, Australia has a lot of sex stores yeah. in their malls. It's it's amazing. They're- That's funny, good for them. Yeah, love it. I love it. All right. So next question is one of our last ones. It's, do you have any resources that you would recommend to women about this topic? And I actually was wondering if you'd be able to give us some for women going through menopause as well, because um, this is a podcast episode that we both listened to recently on I Way by Jamila Jamil. And I think it's called, was it the business of birth control? Is that what it's called? The business of birth control. Yeah. And they were talking about how lots of women going through menopause, like stay on the birth control pill to kind of regulate their hormones almost because there's no information or guidance on how to work through your body going through that new type of cycle. You know, I feel terrible that I don't have anything right off the top of my head. And I need to investigate this more. I am literally just at the very beginning of menopause. So I haven't done a ton of research on it, but I will. And I'll let you guys know what I find out. I did recently read a book um, with a sort of shocking title, but it's by a woman named Gina Thomashower. And she calls herself Mama Gina. Her um, background was she was sexually abused and like having all these same issues that we talk about was a mom was married and an unfulfilling marriage. And so she just had this epiphany and decided that like, I'm not going to live like this anymore. And so she is now like mama Gina to all these women. She's probably in her mid sixties and she is all about like making yourself feel sexy and, um, embracing your sexuality. And she wrote a book that I read and it is amazing and it's called, sorry, Pussy, A Reclamation. Okay. Yeah. Like so, that. That's a great title. great title. If anybody is interested in that. And when I picked it up, I was like, she's got to be probably some hippie, dippy kind of a person. No, she's like, you know, normal, like not normal, but like your mom, you know, like she's, um, yeah. Anyway, she's awesome. So that's a great book if you want to like dive into these stigmatizing beliefs that we're all, you know, trained to believe that are so wrong, but she is in her sixties. So she probably does have some really good advice about that time of your life, but I'm going to do research and I will email you and let you know what I find out. I'm sorry. I don't have more to add. No, to that, that is perfect. That is perfect. Cause it, it really is just not talked about at all. And yeah, I mean, women's sexual health is just so in the dark to begin with <laughs> and especially older women it's just not yes even you know it's not even researched what what is happening no nobody cares yeah. about us yeah. but that's <laughs> gonna change good good it needs to change it needs to change and and Camille you also have your book love to lose so I feel like that is also a great resource especially when it comes to women building confidence with their oh, thank and, you. and themselves and your blog too, your spicy blog that you have on your website, <laughs> you know, that's essential, essential material. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. The book is mostly about how to lose weight without dieting and changing your habits. But I do touch on some of these subjects in that book later on in the book about finding your voice and about um, the destructive messages that society gives women that need to be completely busted. But yeah, so if anyone's interested in that, I am, I've got a proposal for a new book that is all about everything we just talked about. And I cannot wait. Um, I'm trying to find a publisher for it. And if I can't find one, I'm just going to publish it myself again. But, um, but I will let you know when all that happens. We'll have to have a book launch party for sure. That would be so fun. We'll we'll pass out vibrators. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There'll be little prizes. There'll be little prizes for everybody. So where can our listeners find and follow you? 
Yeah, um, my website is Camille Martin RD for registered dietitian.com. And I'm on um, Instagram. You can find all of my um, my social links at the bottom of my homepage, but I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest. I'm just getting going on, which I'm starting to love. And LinkedIn, TikTok. I do have a TikTok account and my kids are like just horrified by me. But um, but yeah, you can find me there too. <laughs> Amazing. And if our listeners want to hear more from Camille, you can check out our first episode with her. And that is episode 47, Love Your Life, Lose the Weight, which was an amazing conversation. Every time we talk to you, Camille, it's just amazing. Like we have I feel the same way about y'all. Love having you here. And I know we're mm-hmm. going to get into a lot more spicy topics. Yes. Call me anytime. I would love, I love talking to you guys. Y'all are great hosts and it's just so much fun. You let me know and I'll be, I'll be right here. Definitely, definitely. So do you have any parting words for our listeners today? Don't listen to any of these BS messages that the world's given you. You wake up every single day and you tell yourself, I am so magnificent and powerful and gorgeous inside and out. And no one's going to tell me any different. Mic drop. Yeah. Mic drop. Again. <laughs> I feel like my parting words would be, you know, laugh during sex yeah you know it's yeah fun and to remember that the most important thing is the feeling that you want to be there just as much as your partner does and if you don't you don't have to do anything that's right or find a new partner (laughs) ideally you find a new partner yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it oh Alrighty. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and also a five-star rating on Spotify. Really helps out the show and we love to hear from you guys. And we will probably have Camille back like 30,000 times. So (laughs) live like tea. Live like tea.